Anger is probably the most misunderstood emotion, particularly by Christians. Because anger is not a real feel-good emotion, it's a negative emotion. So, because it doesn't feel good, because it's negative, it must be sinful. It's not. Anger is just an emotion. We don't get to control how we feel. We just feel how we feel. Emotions have no moral value, not a positive or a negative value. Emotions are just emotions. Where anger can become sinful, and where it often becomes sinful, is what we choose to do with that emotion. That's where the choice comes in, and so that's where the sin comes in. But anger, when it first arises within us, is just anger. And we all get angry. It's part of being human. The saints got angry. To be holy doesn't mean that I never get angry. That's a wrong idea of how we live the Christian life. To be holy, to be at peace, doesn't mean that I never get angry. We all remember Jesus got angry. So why do we get angry? Well, we get angry because of a loss of power or control in our life. When things get beyond our control, we get angry at losing that. Or sometimes we get angry because we perceive an injustice. Something isn't as it should be, and so we get angry. Or sometimes we just get angry because we know the fault is with ourselves and we don't really want to admit it, so we just project it outwards on others. So what do we do with that anger? Because one of the things that we do with the anger that is sinful is that we use it as a way to take back control. That when I feel like I've lost control in a relationship, in a situation, and my response, I feel angry, then I express that anger outwards as a way to try to regain control over that person that has harmed me or over the situation where I lose control. That will always be sinful because that's not what we do with anger. We all get angry. And if you're that person that almost never gets overtly angry, where it's evident to everyone around you that you're angry, we cannot forget about anger's cousins. Resentment, bitterness, and passive aggressiveness. And as Canadians, we're pretty good at the last one. Those are the hidden ways that anger build up inside of us even if we're not expressing it outwardly. But we have to know how to live with that anger and express it properly, otherwise anger becomes this poison inside of us. And I'm sure we've all had the experience in our life of a moment where we were hurt, where we got angry about something, and it might not be perpetuated, that one isolated incident, but if we've never dealt with the anger that comes from that experience, time has a way of making it a heavier and heavier burden to carry over time. And that anger then spills over into other relationships and other people and other situations. We have to deal with 
our anger. Because in the reading from Sirach today, it says, anger and wrath are abominations, and the sinner holds on to them. That's where we get into trouble. We hold on to the anger, or we hold on to the resentment or the bitterness. And then we take anger as a possession, something that allows us to seemingly have control over the life around us. But we need to let go of it, which is why anger in our readings today and in the Christian life is so intricately tied with forgiveness. We pray it every time we pray the Our Father, right? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, another translation of the Our Father that we don't use actually says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And in a real way, when we hold on to anger, we're holding on to the debt. Right? Somebody has hurt us by something they've said or done in our life, and we hold on to anger, resentment towards them because of what they've done, we're holding on to the debt that they owe us for what they've taken from us. In the same way as we hear in the parable that Jesus tells today with the master and the slave. The slave comes to the master because he's settling debts. And the slave, when he comes to the master, the 10,000 talents, that was more than a lifetime of wages. That's how much he owed his master. So when he says, have patience with me, I'll pay you, and the master says, dispenses of him of his debt, he knows he can never repay him. There is no way that he could repay back that amount. He's releasing his slave of all his debt. But then the slave goes out and demands a hundred denarii from a fellow slave. A hundred denarii was basically a day's wage. And when he couldn't pay back a day's wage, even when he says, be patient, I'll pay you back, which he very much probably could, and he throws into prison instead, he holds on to the debt. His anger towards his friend's inability to pay him, he holds on to that debt. And that's the way anger starts to control the way that we think and the way that we speak and the way that we act, even sometimes subconsciously. St. Paul in his letter to the Romans says, today, if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. But when we hold on to the debt of anger, we're not living for God anymore. We're living according to that debt that is owed to us. When we hold on to that anger, or that resentment, or that bitterness from something, then that is what we live for. And it impacts the way that we think and see relationships and people and circumstances. We have to be willing to let go of that debt. Sirach tells us today that we have to be willing to overlook faults, to be willing to go to that extent. Because in a way, one way of looking at it, when we forgive, it can be a very selfish act in a good way. Yes, we need to forgive the other person because it releases them of their debt, but it also releases us from that burden of holding on to that debt and the way that it affects us in our life so that we can begin to live for the Lord and not live 
for the anger and this debt that is owed. But then, what do we do with our anger? If anger in itself is just an emotion and it's not good or bad in itself, why do we get angry? Why would God let us get angry? Catechism tells us anger as an emotion, when it's lived virtuously, is intended to do two things for us. It's there to help us correct vice and to maintain justice. That's what we're intended to do with anger. Correct vice meaning that when I get angry, the first thing for me to do if I'm expressing it virtuously is to look at myself and to see what am I contributing to the problem that's making me angry. Where in my life does change need to happen? That anger gives us the ability to root out of our life what needs to be gone. Because anger is a really powerful emotion. It comes with a lot of energy with it, right? Sadness zaps us of energy. Joy kind of makes us elated, but it doesn't necessarily drive us into action. But anger almost always drives us into action, whether good or bad. And so when we live it virtuously, we let that anger drive us into action first in ourselves. That I can root something out, or I just hate the sin in myself and love the sinner. Then the second thing is to maintain justice. When we see injustice around us, it should make us angry. We should be angry at injustice around us. But then, instead of just complaining and tearing down the people that we're angry at, who are causing the injustice, how do we maintain justice? How am I going to be part of the solution? How am I going to let my anger drive me into contributing to the solution to this injustice? So if you're angry at politicians and the way that they're doing things and making choices, how am I contributing to the solution? Or do I just get angry and resentful and bitter because of what they do? Or if I'm angry at what seems to be a societal norm, the way that things are going in society, how do I let my anger from that drive me into making change in the world that I live in? Or if you're angry at a family member, a child, a spouse, sister or a brother, instead of needing to correct them, how are you going to love them into what they need to see? That's how we strive to live anger virtuously, to correct vice and to maintain justice. Because it's hard. Anger is probably the most difficult emotion to deal with because it is so intense. And so we fall into the trap, usually depending on our personality, into one extreme or another. That I feel anger, and it just comes out, and everybody else knows that I'm angry. Or I hold it all in, because I know as a Christian I'm not supposed to get angry, so I hold it all in so that nobody else sees it, so that I can pretend like I'm being holy because anger must be unholy, and then we hold on to resentment and bitterness because we never actually deal with the anger. It's hard to deal with anger. 
but we remember that anger isn't the problem. Anger isn't something that we're trying to root out of our life. Anger is something that we're trying to live with well. And so we forgive the debts that are owed to us from the people that have hurt us so that we don't hold on to that anger as a perceived control of relationships and life around us. And then we strive as we work through vice and into virtue in our life to let the anger correct the vice within ourselves and to strive to maintain the justice in the world around us. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's how we're supposed to help each other through anger. So don't bottle it up. Don't get frustrated that you get angry because we all do. We're just generally better at hiding it as Canadians and don't express it all the time. So let's find the way to express it. Let's let that powerful emotion drive us into what we're called to live as Christians, to bring good into the world. We don't have to run from anger.